You are about to listen to Defending Black Girlhood Podcast, and I'm your host, Lalita G. I'm a black mother. Look, I don't care what Mookie Mae Mae and Lakeisha oh, Mama does. I'm not Mookie Mae Mae and Lakeisha's uh, Mama. Tripping. A preacher. Give me the key of D. And Mary had a little baby, and his name was Jesus. A life coach. Look, girl, if Chump don't want no help, Chump don't get no help. Oh, and a singer. And I, and I, and I, no, I ain't a singer. Most of all, I'm an advocate for black girls everywhere they are. And I'm telling you right now, I am unapologetic as hell about my fierce advocacy for black girls to be safe in their homes, schools, and communities. Join us for courageous conversations about topics that most impact our girls and be inspired to do your part in defending black girls in your part of the world. Any scene depicted in this episode is a fictionalized dramatization based on true accounts and public records. We aim to give voice to the story and tragedy of Erica Hill's life Some information may contain graphic, violent, or explicit language. Listener's discretion is advised. Hey, baby. How was your first day of middle school? Hi, Mom. It was good. I pretty much like all my teachers. I made a lot of cool new friends. I met this one girl named Erica. She seemed really sweet, but I don't know. Something seemed kind of sad about her. Mom, you remember my friend Erica? Babe, you've told me about a lot of your little friends. She's the one I told you about, her always looking sad. She's always wearing a turtleneck and corduroy pants with long socks all the way to her knees no matter how hot it is. Oh yeah, I remember. Geneva, baby, you really don't know what's going on in her home. Maybe her mother can't afford to buy her better clothes. She's probably doing the best that she can. I know, Mom, but her sister's always looking right. Their hair's always done, they wear nice clothes. Her brother's hair is always freshly cut, but Erica, the way she dresses, looks like an orphan. And her hair, Mom? Her hair is always looking raggedy. Maybe you can help her get some new clothes, like her sister's, and get her hair done by one of your friends? Geneva, baby, look, right now I'm trying to do the best I can with my own kids. I need you to stop worrying so much about what you don't really know. Hello, Mrs. Hunt. This is Ms. Smith from Wright Middle School. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Is everything okay with Geneva? Well, I'm calling today because we have noticed kind of a pattern with Geneva that has us all concerned. Okay, what's going on? Well, it seems that Geneva is quite often finding herself... Hmm... Finding herself wrapped up in the problems of other students. There is one girl in particular that Geneva seems quite concerned about. And, well, we think that this might be interfering with her ability to stay focused on her schoolwork. Perhaps you can reassure Geneva that we adults at school have everything under control. Mom? You remember my friend Erica? Yes, baby. Well, I'm really concerned about her mom. I think she's afraid. I I think she might be getting abused. She needs your help, mom. I know you can help her. Look, Geneva, I'm tired of getting calls from the school asking me to talk to you about always trying to fix everybody's problems. But mom, today it was really hot. Like, Erica was sweating a lot, and she pulled up her shirt because she was so hot in her turtleneck. Mom, when she pulled up her shirt, I saw 
She had scratches and bruises all over her body. And when she saw me look, she pulled her shirt down real quick. Look, Geneva, I know her mother, and her mother is a godly woman doing great work in the community. We don't know what's going on in their household, and how she disciplines her own child is none of our business. Stop trying to fix everybody's problems. Mom, please. Please, Mom, help my friend. Please, Mom, help my friend. Please, Mom, help my friend. So part of my journey in exploring the Erica Hill story, I started searching Facebook. And I was kind of surprised when I did that all of these comments came up about Erica back in September of 2015 from folks who had just heard the news that Erica, number one, that Erica was dead. And that number two, that her mother was the one accused by her own daughter of killing Erica. And one of the comments I saw was by Jackie Hunt. This kind of saying that she had known her. I think she at the time she knew her as Minnie and had kind of gone through a similar journey as she did and may have mentioned something about her daughter or not. So I called Jackie up just to say, hey, Jackie, did you know her? How did you know her type of thing? And that's when in that conversation, Jackie tells me, well, you know, actually Geneva, my daughter, was her close friend and she tried to tell me that this child was being abused and I did not listen. And I thought, man, I need to get Jackie and Geneva in the studio and hear this story from them. So we started off the conversation with Jackie and then Geneva joined us and we end up talking with Geneva in some greater details about her friendship with Erica Hill. So I wanted to know, you know, in my conversation with Geneva and Jackie, one, what was Taylor Hill like before she got sanctified? And I'm always using quotes when I say that. And then I wanted to know, I wanted to know how Geneva knew her, because when I talk with both the social worker and her teacher, they both thought that Erica really didn't have any friends, that she was kind of the kid that people picked on because of the way that she dressed and and things of that nature. So I wanted to really find out, was Geneva really a friend to her and how the relationship was? And I wanted to really know what were the things that Geneva took back to her mother? You know, how was she compelling her? And I wanted to get a sense of knowing Jackie for many, many years, um, decades, actually, knowing her and her heart and her work in the community, I wanted to, I just needed to find out why she didn't respond to what Geneva told her about Erica. When I talked with the school social worker, she told me that Erica had reported to Ms. Knudsen about her abuse. But then when I talked with Ms. Knudsen, she said that she actually had asked Erica, can I see your neck? Because she had had the turtlenecks on and was concerned about that and some other things she had seen. So she asked Erica, can I see your neck? And she pulled down her shirt and saw some scratches and some scarring on her neck. And I think investigated a little bit more and saw some on her upper chest. And what really took me aback on that whole situation was there's a difference between a child reporting abuse because there's a level of readiness and, and, and maybe some sense of what may be coming next. Although there's no way to really prepare kids for what happens after you report abuse. Right. Mm -hmm. But the fact that this teacher really inserted herself in this girl's life and asked, let me see the scars and then reported it. And I'm not saying that that was the wrong thing to do, because if you think there's abuse, yes, that's what you're supposed to do. But she inserted herself into this girl's life. The girl allowed her to see her scars. And then the teacher did not follow it through. So I guess, you know, my initial thoughts on that is, you know, I have to go back to the time when this happened. Um, and then I also have to just be reminded of like the whole big picture. And I don't know what happened, but I can make a couple of 
guesses or a couple of assumptions. Mm-hmm. Once the teachers, see back then teachers weren't being social workers like they right. are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but once she reported it to the social worker, I can imagine that she must have felt like her work was done. Um, and that maybe because the baby didn't come back to school at some point, that everything had got worked out. I can't I can't tell you but, what was going on in my head this, at that though. time. Let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. this is what our conversation went like. Okay. So she said that um she had reported it the next day, mm-hmm. Erica and Sierra and I think maybe Kiara was at school at the time, were pulled from school the mm-hmm. next day. Mm-hmm. Two days later, they were totally gone, apartment emptied out. And social services, she had reached out initially to social services to find out what's up. You know, They said, well, she moved, she's gone. But this is the kicker. She stayed inserted into the situation. So she knew when Minnie came back to town. She knew and had researched that Kiara and Sierra were enrolled in school in Verona. She knew that her son was a student at Wright because she still is a teacher at Wright right now. And she looked up and saw that Erica, though, was listed as homeschooled. So here's the issue for me. Right. Something is clearly wrong. And she from what I have found so far is the only one that knew that information in that way, that she was plugged in and Omini was back in church. She knew Kiara worked at a local restaurant. She knew they were in school. She knew the son was in school. So at that point, then the onus to me is on you mm-hmm. to go back to social service who had closed the case. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, it changes things. It could. Again, um, you you know, like we never know what's really going on in any individual's life at any end of, at it, any given time. I can't speak to what was going on in Sarah's, you know, mm-hmm. life at that time. But I guess if if I put myself in her shoes, I'm probably doing the um the referral or the social worker right and then i'm making the assumption that the social worker does her job right um, which is fair to assume and at I, that point. and and i may or may not um like i probably didn't at that point i'm probably not the one that goes the next steps and finds out oh they're back oh the other kids are here oh this one kid is being homeschooled oh why is that I'm probably not the person that did that back at that time in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Today, fast forward these 20, what? Oh, yeah, it's got to be at least 15. Well, okay, so Geneva would have been um, 13, 12, 13. She's 20. It was 2004. So 15, 15 years. she first yep, disappeared. Yep. This 15 years ago. So insert, you know, going back 15 years ago, mm-hmm. even as a professional myself, I might have just stopped right there with the referral to the social worker. You know what I'm saying? Because back then, schools and teachers weren't expected to do all that they're that they're required or being forced to do now, mm-hmm. as far as um you know managing the the population and the kids that come into the school every day. It was a different time back then. Um, so I I just I can't speak to what was going on in their life. I just could imagine right. that, you know, she felt like maybe she had done what she was supposed to do by referring it to the proper authorities, which is the social worker. And if the social workers had did what they were supposed to do, did their investigation and determined that the case should be closed, then I probably will roll with that, too. Well, they actually didn't do an investigation, which they the school right. knew. But I don't know that as the teacher who yeah, reported she didn't it. Know. Oh, okay. Well, she didn't know. That. I'm just saying, I don't... I'm right. not I'm not invest I'm not following it sure. like that. No, at that she time, did me. know that they didn't get the investigation because Taylor Marie was gone. She just bounced. So she knew that they didn't do it and you know, if they can't do the investigation, you know, they closed the case. Gotcha. Which with the information that they had, they hadn't seen Erica. They hadn't seen the scars. They didn't know she wore turtlenecks and long right. pants every day. They didn't see the fear in her eyes. So they didn't know all that. Right. People at the school knew that. Right. And so I think initially, if that was all the information she had, I probably could get with that. But there was something that compelled her 
to continue to insert herself in the situation by when she came back, Mm -hmm. kind of checking in on these things. And I think part of, you know, our discussion, you know, I asked her, where did race play an issue? Mm -hmm. And one level she quickly said was that she feels that if Erica was a white girl, that social services would have responded differently. Absolutely, positively. And then the other part was that she, as a white woman who sees herself as kind of the friend to the black people, great relationships with students Mm -hmm. that she says she still maintains all these years later, she didn't want to be that white woman. Gotcha. The one who turns in a seemingly good parent, even though she knew those things weren't adding up after the fact. Gotcha. That's honest. That's you know, I can I can get yeah. with that. I can I can get with that. Yeah. Um, this horrible um tragedy, you know, I can only imagine, you know, in hindsight going back because you you know, like I said, I was really early in my career as a um counselor and um in the human services field. And um, you know, like your kids model what they see at home. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I was becoming, slowly, I was becoming the lady that helped people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. People, to this day, stop me in the grocery store or, you know, send me private messages and, you know, ask for things or need support, right? Right. And so my baby at the time was watching what her mama did, Mm -hmm. you know? And I oftentimes would get calls from the teachers saying that, you know, I need to have my baby be a student. She can't be, you know, everybody's friend. A little mini social worker. You know, like, please tell tell Geneva to stop trying to fix everybody's problems. You know, things like that, you know. And, um, of course, I would say something to her and try to help her um, understand that, you know, it wasn't her job. But mama, these people, they just keep coming to me, asking me stuff, and they know because I'm your daughter, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, you know. And so... um, yeah, when I think back on the conversation, I can, it's almost like I can replay in my head, and I know I can't, but mm-hmm. it feels as if I can replay in my head the conversations that my baby had with me, the times that she came home and was imploring me to do something. And, and I knew this mom as this person in recovery like myself who had gotten into the church and who was well known in the community for always lending a helping hand and for always doing it. I'm like, this girl was doing amazing things. Well, far beyond, like I was hearing about her driving all the way to Chicago to um, take people food and, you know, bring people from Chicago to get connected here. I like, I was hearing all kinds of things about this woman. And, um, but my baby was saying it to me. Right. Um, I kind of dismissed it. You know what I'm saying? So go back for a little bit. Mm-hmm. How did you first meet Marie and how did you know her? So through the recovery world, okay. um, through, through recovery, um, I can't pinpoint exactly. I know that um, we also shared an ex. Okay. And um, he is, um, he was the one who really, um, you know, kind of planted the seed that something else was about her. But I was early in recovery, and I was using those twelve steps, and I was living them. You what know do you what mean I mean by that? He played. What did he so say? he, you know, like you know how when you have an ex, you always got bad things to say about your ex. Right. He had bad things to say about him. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, in hindsight, now the things that he was saying was kind of true. Well, what did he say? Um, you know, he would say things like, you don't know her, blah, blah, blah. She'll do this to you. She'll, she'll, um, she'll stab you in your back. You know, don't trust her, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, she did this to me, blah, blah, blah. Called the police on me, got me, ar- you know, all okay. the woe is me kind of stuff that he was saying. And I was just like, okay, whatever, you know, right. That kind of thing. Right, right, right. Okay. Okay. So Jackie, you were saying, you know, back in 2004-ish, you know, you were just, Starting to get into your work in the community, mm-hmm. you were well known as kind of the go-to person who if people needed help and support, but you were early on in it. Mm-hmm. But Geneva was in school and she was a mini Jackie, you know, right. so your mom was just kind of saying you were 
little mini social worker in school. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about yourself in school and how you kind of operated with your friends. Um, well, I was um, I already had like a tight knit <laughs> group um, of God sisters, but outside of that, um, I just was a social butterfly. I was pretty well known. Um, I was friendly to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, kids that I noticed who were less fortunate than me, I'd always some type in some kind of way share, whether it be lunch money, clothes mm -hmm. off my back. Sometimes I get in trouble because my mom be like, "Where the vest? Where are them shoes at?" I'm like, "Oh, I gave them to Shamika. What? Give <laughs> another doggone vest that I bought." I'm like, "Oh my goodness, mom! The Lord's gonna bless me." <laughs> Indeed. So, um, yeah, that was just me. Um, I just loved being proactive and actually. Um, not just talking about it, but being about it. So actions speak it. louder than words for me. You were always the sweetest child. I didn't know Thank Geneva you. since she was running around in her little <laughs> footed pajamas. Um, so I really appreciate you all coming in uh -huh. and being willing to share because I think this is how we learn. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then this is also, I feel like, how we honor Erica. I feel like her story has been stunted and hasn't been fully told. I feel like it's just been forgot about. Yeah, me too. Uh, I don't think that's right. No. And it's interesting because I've reached out to several people who knew her and knew the family. And I'm getting a, a lot back. No, I don't really want to talk about it because, you know, I'm still friends with Kiki. I don't want to talk about it because of this. Um and my whole thing is, one, this is not a bash job. That's not what I'm trying to do here, mm -hmm. you know. And then two, but who tells Erica's story? Right. Like, why is, and I, I get it because it's just how stuff stays secret so long. So it's not like I don't understand it, but it's just still heartbreaking that people. A lot of people missed Lolita. Yeah, And a lot of people have to reconcile that within themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't healed from your own guilt and shame yeah. or whatever, it's hard to, yeah. to, to bring I this agree. forward, you know. And then, um, like you said, the other kids are still living. They were victims as well. Right. But you still um, want to hold them um, in a way sacred. And in order to do that, though— you got to put a little bit of accountability on them as well. Mm -hmm. And so that creates a um, conflict for people. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. How can I still be your friend knowing that you knew your mama was doing this and you didn't say anything? You know right. what I'm saying? And, you know, like, so it's a lot. It's a lot, it's of, a lot of interweaved in there. And, right. and I guess I can understand how and why people still haven't... Um, had had the space, so right. to speak. Right. And maybe that's what this does. Maybe this conversation creates the opportunity for a space to be created for those who are impacted in any way right. to have a opportunity to come and begin to heal at collectively. Right. You know, because this was a community loss. Yes. There 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 are so many of us, and I say of us because I'm included, who mm -hmm. missed. Mm-hmm. Who missed? And we missed horribly, even though we was being knocked upside our head with a reality. You know oh what God. I'm saying? So to speak. You, you, she couldn't speak more clearer without putting the words out of her mouth. Right. And at that particular age and at that particular time, I can imagine that her not being able to have or even the fear that right. prevented her from even being able to. Um, formulate a verbal expression of what was happening to her at that time. Right. So all she could do was what she did, right. was wear turtlenecks, wear long pants, even when it's 92 degrees outside. You know right. what I'm saying? So she was speaking loudly. And I imagine that was probably put upon her to dress like that as well. Yeah. So, Geneva, tell me, you knew Erica. What would be one word you would use to describe her? Um, I would just say sweetheart um, overall. Um, she was really soft-spoken um, when you did speak to her. Very soft voice, um, very quiet. Um, she was really to herself. Um, 
she would get picked on a lot because of the way she dressed or the way she looked. She didn't have the prettiest clothes or the nicest hairdos. Um, so automatically I was drawn to her just because I wasn't the bully kind of person. Mm -hmm. I was just that person who loved on everyone. Right. And, um, I saw people as God's children, so yeah. it didn't make no never mind to me what she had on or how she looked. Um, over time, though, I did notice things that concerned me, and um, okay. what I were was, some of those things? Um, like marks on her body. Um, like my mom said, ninety-two degrees out, she got on turtleneck, corduroys, socks that come up to your knees. Uh, the whole nine yards like mm -hmm. I was just like what is going on and I remember once um, pulling her shirt up or something because she was hot and she just had scratches and marks all over and she hurried up and pulled her shirt down because she had like kind of forgot because she kind of got comfortable with me yeah and um, that's when it, it really hit me something's not right like right. and I know the family she was with and I didn't see them looking like that or you know so I didn't know really what but I just knew something wasn't right so her sisters went to the school as well with you and you knew mm -hmm. her sisters mm -hmm. and they didn't dress with turtlenecks and mm -hmm. long sleeves nope they they looked at the part and that were there was their hair well done I mean did they look they different from had, Erica it was the, it was a girl and a boy. That's all I remember that she lived with. That was in their household. I can't remember if they were cousins or sisters or whatever, but they were family, and they were clean, well dressed kids. the The boy always had a fresh haircut, mm -hmm. and their mom would be at the school a lot too. So it's just like I don't, I I didn't understand what was really going on. Yeah. Um. Until years later, like I said, I'd see her mom all the time in the community at Chick-fil-A, the mall, Walmart. Mm -hmm. I asked about Erica every time I saw this lady. And what would she say? She would tell me she moved to Atlanta or somewhere far. She moved or she or she's visiting her family far away. And I was just like, OK, well, can you give her my love and tell her Geneva Hunt asked about her? You mm -hmm. know, I miss her. Um, and she would always try to invite me over for dinner every time she saw me. She would try to, she'd insist I come over for dinner and took my number, gave me her number one time. And I was just like, I don't know. Usually I'm just all for it. I love to eat. So I'm right. just like, okay. But it was something about my spirit when she kept trying to invite me that told me no. Mm -hmm. So I didn't take her up on the offer. I never went to eat. I just saw her when I saw her pretty much. Mm -hmm. And, um, it still then never dawned on me something detrimental had happened to my friend like that until yeah. John Doe. And I was like, what? And so, I was like. But wait, man, let's go back for a second, Geneva. So when you were in school at the time, what were some of the things you were taking back to your mom about Erica? Um, the way she dressed, mm -hmm. um, the marks that I seen, mm -hmm. the marks I didn't see. Um, just me feeling like. She's scared of somebody. She's not, she's being abused. Mm -hmm. Something ain't right. She's not even eating right. Like, mm. it just, someone right. But at that time, Mama was so busy and doing her own thing and just looking out for us. It wasn't like, it was just one of those things where it's like, well, you can't, can't help it. Like, you know, one of right. those things where it was just like, well, you know, you have to let her parents worry about her. Who knows what she's doing? You don't know what she does at home or mm -hmm. why she might be on punishment. Who knows? And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I, I understand. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing that is so deep about this is that you never know what's really going on, you know? And, um, you something the combination of things just didn't seem right so at some point a teacher approached erica about some concern about her abuse she asked to see her neck and she saw some scars miss knutson mm -hmm. and ended up reporting so this was about 2004 and the next day erica was pulled from school do you remember when erica first was missing from school uh it's kind of blurry. It's been too many years. I can't mm -hmm. say exactly when. I can't put my finger on it, but mm -hmm. I do remember one day she just stopped coming to school. 
Yeah. And I was just like, uh, <laughs> right. Miss, what's her name? Is, is she coming? Yeah, she's sick. She just sick. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And then okay. eventually she transferred or moved. And mm-hmm. then eventually we were grown. <laughs> okay. Like, oh. Right. So the understanding from my rough timeline is 2004, she reported she was pulled from school and all the kids were pulled from school and they moved. And at some point, they came back into town, maybe 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. Around that time, did either of you see Marie, see Kiki, Cece, any of them? Just around Right, I'm like, just a, it you know, was like, just I, like, when you see them, you see them. Like, yeah. you could be leaving from the social security office or something. Right. It would just be random. Like, I didn't keep in contact with anybody else like that. So, I, when I first started, delving into this case, I didn't realize that there was a point in time before Erica was killed that she had been missing. So essentially between 2004, when she left school, she was pulled from school. Even when the family came back, everybody else was plugged back into school, but Erica never was. So between 2004 and roughly 2007, when she was murdered, I don't know where she was. I think the story was that she had went back to live with her her family, mm-hmm. her, 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 either her mom or another family member or something mm-hmm. like that. I do. I think that that was the story yeah, that that that, that, that most people were hearing from many. Yeah, because I'm just wondering, like, what was going on those three, four years before she was actually murdered? And more importantly, did anybody see Erica? In those years. I believe we're all wondering that, to be honest, because yeah. I think about that to this day still, like, where was she right. during that whole time? Unless she was just where she was the whole time missing and already gone. Well, they're saying that she, evidence is saying that she was oh. murdered in 2007. Oh, okay. So there's this block of three to four years where... She was still alive, presumably. Right, right. And is there any doctor, medical? No, did like, anybody you see go her? Up, a dentist you know, appointment? Nothing. Something. You know, did she go to church? Because I know that Marie was involved in church. You know, I did reach out to her pastors to talk about this, and they declined. You know, so I'm just trying to figure out, did anybody see this baby in those those years? And so 2007, she's murdered. About eight years passed. And maybe the fall of 2015, it comes out. How did you first hear about this? Um, how did I first hear? Was it was it Facebook? Facebook. Yeah. Wow. I think it was Facebook. I was on Facebook, and then I just, I just started crying because I was just like, I don't know. I felt the news was overwhelming. Had had his picture, and and I just could not believe what I was reading. And then I, I, I too cried and mm-hmm. and just prayed. I felt guilty. Yeah. Um, like I said, I remember. It's almost like I can look in my mind and see the days, several days, when my baby came home saying to me, "Mom, you got to do something. Mom, you got to do something. This ain't right. This ain't right." Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just have to, you know, um, you know, in order to to be compassionate to me. Right. I have to remember who I was then at that time. Right. I had to remember all the things that was going on in my life at that time. I also have to honor my own truth, um, which back then was spare the rod, spoil the child. Um, and so if she were, you know, like I remember getting whoopings, like, you know, and having marks, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I, so I'm in that mindset back then. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, it's really not a very. It's not so uncommon for 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 a child in from my perspective now back then, right? To get whips, you know, when right. they had whoopings, right? I didn't investigate. Honestly, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, in hindsight, they say it's twenty twenty, right? right? But I, and and then they also say that all things work together. So it's not another child that I've experienced since then. That came with those same 
speaking in that language that I've missed, <laughs> you know, at least not right. that I, you know, I've always asked the next question, you know, like right. it just raised my awareness more and made me better at what I do. You right. know, even though the surface, you know, like on one things may seem out on the surface, right? they are. The surface is exactly what we want people to see. Exactly. But inside there's, there could be a whole bunch of things going on, you know? Yeah. And, um, I, you know, we judge each other. We judge people, you know what I'm saying? I know people judge me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to be one of those judging people, mm-hmm. plus the evidence of who she was was right there in my face. She going, doing all these things in the community, in the church. Yeah. You know, everybody is praising her name. She's Savior Minnie. She done got her life together. Da, 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 da. You know? So who am I to challenge that? So let me ask you about that, Jackie. Um, I'm struggling with that. And I don't. I don't know that I've ever met Marie. Um, I'm just struggling with, and I think there's two things, right? One is looking at the places where people miss things. And my hope with this whole conversation about Erica and her story is to shine the light on places where people miss things, not to beat them over the head, but to increase our awareness. It's just right. like you're saying, exactly. you know, from that situation, you, the next time you was confronted with something, it gave you the strength and the courage to go the next level. Cause it is difficult digging in people's lives, particularly let's throw it out there being black women. Yes. We know the damage that social services does to black women and yes. their kids. Absolutely, We've seen that that fuels our work that we do now in the community. And so none of us are in a hurry to throw another woman under, under the, the bus, bus of quote unquote well-meaning white women mm-hmm. who are coming in as the savior. Cause we know what that can mean many times. Um, and at the same time, you know, um, mixing the level of our intuition, our spirituality. I'm just wondering was many that good that nobody could see through she had to be a little later than this, nobody see it. Except I will tell you this. She was that good. Because you didn't, you you didn't, when I saw what I saw on Facebook, it was like my heart fell out of my butt. Like mm. I couldn't, I couldn't understand that one, what I was looking at. And yeah. it was actually this person in the flesh that I had done hugged many times. My I God. was invited over for supper plenty times. Like, it was just surreal. And I'm the type of person that I love watching forensic files and stuff yeah, like me that. Too. Like I've been in that since I was like nine, got my little brother on it. He loves the show. Like it's, that's our thing. So yeah. all of that was start hitting me and to this day. I'm just waiting for them to put a show about Erica on forensic files or something, because I just, I, I just want more. Closure. I want more. I want closure, and I want everybody to know who she was and know about the situation because you don't really know people. Like it really messed with my mental because right. it made me. Um, it made it hard for me to trust people. I can imagine. So at twenty nine, I still have trust issues issues with human beings just because of that situation. Except one challenge that I'll push back on you with is you knew someone right. Yes, I did. When she didn't, you didn't want to go to her house and eat her food. Mm-hmm. You knew something wasn't wrong. Yeah, it was a, it was, I don't know, God, it was like God was trying to tell me something, but I couldn't, I didn't have proof and I didn't know exactly what or right. to it, what extent. And um, my godparents told me I had some type of gift. I forgot what it was called. Probably discernment. So I want to just jump shoot off this with, with trust issues and things like that. And I can definitely understand why that would be true for you. But I also want to remind you that you did know something. Yeah. You did sense something. Yes, I and did. so trusting in yourself when you mm-hmm. feel that. And, you know, I've talked to many people, not on air, but just different folks and some folks on air about Erica Hill and her story and about many. Marie Taylor, I don't know what to call her. Um, she fooled a lot of people. And most people said she was nice and would pray with you and love the Lord and blah, blah, blah. The one person who told me something about her different was my son. 
Because really? I was talking oh. to him about it, and he knew her son. Mm-hmm. And he is the only person that said, Mom, she was hella scary. Wow. He said, that woman scared me. And I just remember her having, I think he said she had a pit bull mm-hmm. that she drove around with in the car. Mm-hmm. And just her showing up randomly all the time at the school, yeah. back at West to pick up her up son, randomly. just randomly just show up. Mm-hmm. And he said she scared him. So I think it's that almost that childlike um, intuition that we don't mm-hmm. question as children that you had Geneva mm-hmm. as well. We question it as adults, and mm-hmm. there's reasons why we question it too. Right now, we got the gray area filled in, and we know it could be one yeah. of or many different things that's yeah. going on. But I also just want to remind, just want to say this that you know, yes, Geneva did know something mm-hmm. was wrong, and she did what she knew in her little 12 and 13 year right. old mind to do. She reported it to her mama, right. and her mama failed her. You know what I'm saying? And I own that. You know what I'm saying? Because my baby adamantly came to me on more than one occasion saying, Mama, you got to do something. This ain't right. Mom, you just got to see this. You just got to. And I'll just like, you know, I don't know. Like, I know that back then I had a lot going on in my life. But, oh, my God, in hindsight, how come I didn't listen to my baby? You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't like one time. Like I said, I can visualize in my head. Multiple times that she came to me pleading for me to do something for this baby. And I ain't know this little kid, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but I knew my child. Yeah. And that should have been enough. That should have been enough to thwart me into action. Yeah. And it didn't. And, like, I can't, I can't go back and redo it over again. Like I said... I believe the word that all things will work together for his good. I just know that there's been many little kids today that I didn't miss. You know what I'm saying? And if Erica's young life was the, the price, the sacrifice that was made for that, I have to thank God for that. I have to look for Otherwise, I'd never be able to be who I am yeah. if I had to hold that guilt. Right. If I just had to keep holding that guilt right. and I can't like there's just too many places in my life where I know that I missed. And in those times when I realized I'm brutally honest with Jackie, Jackie can't lie to herself yeah. ever. I can't force me to believe no dumb stuff. I call it like it is. And I know some people don't understand that it's my reality. It's my call. Right. I'm holding Jackie accountable. And when I do that, I'm able to free myself to be able to move to the next place and not stay stuck in that place where I missed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because otherwise, yeah, I just know that throughout my career from that point to now, lots and lots and lots of lives have been changed and impacted and transformed not just as, not because of me, but because of the work that God has allowed me to do and the discernment that he's given me. And they're like, all of them didn't turn out favorably either. Right. You know, I made some enemies. Like, there's some times I missed and I failed. Right. Despite my best efforts. But I still held myself to that level. And I still hold true to that same <laughs> word that all things work together for the good. And I don't know who or why God chooses to go through what he allows them to go through. I right. don't get to make that call. But when I see him, I'm quick I'm quick to look for him. Yeah. In the situation, I'm quick to get to him so that I can move forward, you know? Cuz otherwise I stay paralyzed by fear, by, paralyzed by guilt, paralyzed by shame, and I'd never be any good to anybody. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, and I, I know that's just the underscore of the importance of telling her story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I hope that people who ever hear this later, I really do, because I know that just like for me, um, I had to get to a place where I was able to be honest with myself. Right. And, 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 and accept my role, accept my part in it. Whatever I whatever I've identified that to be, yeah. because nobody else gets to decide that for me but me. Right. But I'm honest about what it was, and I missed. 
You know what I'm saying? I missed my baby telling me what was going on in her world and I didn't act on it. So I've reconciled that for myself, but I'm hoping that this, this will lead to others being able to, to, to free themselves. Yeah. To stop being held captive by this story. Some people might have just been able to move on and that's fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's them. But there are some out there who knew things weren't the way they should be, yeah. who knew and didn't act. And once they got that news the same day that I got it, that yeah. same, that same picture in that in the newspaper still I can it still haunts me when I see her. Um, who had been fooled by her, who had, you know, um, I don't know, you know, like I can only imagine what a person is going on with a person who's able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's hard as heck to be two, three, four different people. Well, but you know what? I think one thing for me as I'm just digging and trying to discover what I can, it stands out to me that she was called Marie Minnie and Taylor. Oh, okay. It stands out to me that yeah, she was known by people. three different names. Right, yeah. You know, and that is indicative of someone that's hiding um, and, a personality disorder. And so, well, no, I'm not saying a personality oh, disorder. Oh, definitely some personalities just like mug, but well, I'm just saying. She, some people, I think, when you have a personality disorder, you don't have any control necessarily over that. Well, but I think um, some people are just able to choose to be and i think when i look back not knowing her mm-hmm. personally when i look back and i hear oh she drove down to chicago give people food she did this she was always the one that did that she had a full-time job fooling people <laughs> she had a full-time absolutely job right. and she worked very hard at that you're mm-hmm. absolutely right right I get that's exactly what it was and so i am suspect of people that try so damn hard Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and um but i'm just i pause at you know finding out that this woman was an ordained minister in a local church here and i'm thinking where was the sermon and i'm just asking i'm not judging it right now i can't but i'm just asking where at any point where the praying speaking in tongue going forth in the dance throwing oil baptizing people where was the discernment nobody's spirit caught it right nobody none i don't believe that right i can't believe that right i can't believe that right Right. now with her coming to church looking like she looked Mm -hmm. i just can't believe that God didn't speak to somebody. somebody. You got two kids well dressed, look normal, really? and then the third kid looks like looks like a orphan, My literally God. from the movie Annie. Yeah, and y'all in church. In church, and then we have the mom figure, who is these three different people, overly nice, and you mean to tell me nobody? saw anything or felt convicted or about anything even as a kid i felt it you mean right all these professional pastors and preachers nobody Speaking caught on to that that's why right. the whole like church thing like i don't go to church because i have to go to church mm-hmm. or that's what i need to know who i am in this life that i live yeah I go to church when I feel like I want to go to church and I receive what I receive and I see people that I love. That's that. I am who I am within myself with God. We have a great relationship. So I just feel like if you're a human being and you have a great relationship with God and on top of that, you're in the church, Mm -hmm. you know, constantly speaking in tongues, you're a preacher, you're ordained, you're, you're deacon. How can you not fathom what is going or right. what could be taking place right. in someone's the life. Ain't whispering in your head. And, I, and I'm going to talk about church people for a minute. Now, being clear that I grew up in the church, the church that I go to right now Amen. started in my living room, in my house. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about church people for a minute. I'm going to talk about it with authority because I'm a church person, but I'm going <laughs> to talk about my sanctified church going Sunday hat wearing missionary saints and friends. Talk about it. Y'all need to open up your mouth, get up off your knees, and look at people. 
Get out your prayer closet and serve people. You hear what I'm saying? Get out the pulpit and do the work because church on Sunday is not the work. That's where we go to get filled, but that's not the work. And I'm saying this because with the church being in my home, my stepfather was sexually abusing me in that same home and that same living room where on Sunday we moved the chairs around to have church, you know, and I'm saying this because we can be so heavenly bound that we know earthly good. We're seeing this because after hearing this and, and after, cause I did not know that many was sanctified and was quote unquote and in the church and a minister or day minister and stuff like that. I start looking, you know, around our church <laughs> A little bit deeper. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember all that stuff being missed by church folks in my life. And I can remember having a conversation with my mother, Christian, church mother, all that kind of stuff. And we were having a conversation. This was some years after I had revealed the abuse. And I was asking her because my mother decided to stay with him. And she said, well, the Lord told me to forgive him. And I'm not going to say whether the Lord told her to forgive him or not. But what I asked her was, so did God tell you, though, the hell I was in when you allowed him to come back into the house? And she told me no. And I told my mother, clearly, I don't believe you. I don't believe the same God that you tell me would forgive that pedophile wouldn't tell you that your child is suffering living with him, with him still trying to sleep with her. I don't believe it. So church people get clear real quick about the work that we need to do. Be quick about yourself, about your church, about the work that's happening, because we have way too many folks in the church that are suffering and we're missing it. I just want to add that people just open your eyes. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not that hard. It don't take a rocket scientist. It doesn't even take that much energy. Just open your eyes when you're walking around, look at people, talk to people. Don't just talk at people and look at them. Actually talk to a person. Right. Cause you just never know what's going on in somebody's life. That's right. Why are you so busy praising God and doing your work and focus on what you, you know what I'm saying? Focus on what you're supposed to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? You just never know. I know plenty of people that I grew up with, my God sisters to this day, who don't come to church really because of their own personal reasons. And I don't fault them. I don't blame them. Mm -hmm. They have the right to feel that way. And it is what it is, but it still saddens my heart because we grew up in this church together. You know what I'm saying? It's like pulling teeth for me to get one seat. It's like pulling teeth for me to get one Sunday with just all of us. And then I'm talking about, you know, I'm proactive. So I'm Isis, wake up. It's nine yeah. thirty. I'm pulling up. I'm picking. You know, I'm. Yeah. I done picked them up. Like we going to church. Maybe we you need to have an out of church conversation. I believe we do. I and that's the do. thing. I was. That's what I was leading to when I said what I was. Um, but say that again. What comment. you just said, though. I don't know if we heard you good about Maybe church people. Oh, church like people hurt church, church people. people. Right. Yes, right. Um, and the church is full of hurt people. Yes, it is. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. So yes, we is. just need to own that. Right. But um, what I hope comes out of this as well, Lalita, is that um, those who um, who really have been impacted by this loss, this tragedy in our community, and who haven't found healing, that right. we are able to create a space. For that to happen. Um, And I know that, you know, like it's not a space one time and everything is going to be healed. It's multiple times. It's conversations that need to be had. It's forgiveness. It's the the, the art of forgiving. You know what I mean? Mostly self. self. Exactly. Because like I said, for me. I missed. I like my baby was knocking me upside my head with it and I still missed. Yeah. So in order for me to continue to go forth and be who I believe God wants me to be in this world, I needed to find forgiveness for me, right. not for somebody else. Cause that ain't about me. Right. That, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Right. My forgiveness for me is f- about me. Right. And right. others need that space. I agree. And sometimes they don't know what they don't know. They don't know right. that they need that. They don't know why they hurt. They don't know, you know, like trauma mm-hmm. um, has um, a huge, um, it has a huge part in us being able to forgive. Right. right. And we get the two things kind of miss and we misinterpret the meanings of the two and why they're both important to recognize, acknowledge, and to 
give ourselves permission to heal from. Because there's some really traumatic, you know, this has got to be a really traumatic um, topic for a lot of people. And the other part, I don't know if you want to even bring that part up, but her child and what happened, what her what her child did, Um, you know. um, So her daughter, Tiara. You want to tell us about that? Well, I don't really know the whole story, but right. I do know that that baby committed suicide. Right. Um, and I remember being at that home go- at the funeral because back then I wasn't this Christian. I wasn't the person and I didn't have the knowledge that I have now. So it was a funeral. Mm-hmm. And literally at that funeral, I was terrified. What happened? It felt like that was like my first real experience with us a homegoing celebration yeah so to speak and the reason why it was so terrifying to me was because of how this mom was or how yeah how this mom was because that was her baby right and and because it was it was like she was emotionless oh okay got you she was emotionless she you know but she was praising god um, mm-hmm. She was dancing. She was, I mean, you know, like they was having a Holy Ghost party up in there. Oh, I and now. some of the okay. things that were going on in my head was, one, they had this song playing over and over and over. They had a slideshow. So it was one of my first time experiencing like a slideshow at a funeral. Yeah. They had a slideshow and they had this song on repeat. And it was her, Tiara, yeah. singing The Greatest Love at. Miss Betty Franklin Hammond's home going. Okay. And I thought that that was just the weirdest, oddest thing to be playing at somebody's funeral, right? And um, her friends, when they give you two minutes to go speak, yeah. some of the things that these babies were wrestling with at that time was heartbreaking to me. What are some things they said? So well, I guess Tierra must have been back and forth in jail okay. on a, a couple of occasions. And I think she was like 19 when she committed suicide yep. and she was in Dane and, County Jail. Yep. And so she must have been going back and forth to jail for a period of time because her friends had gotten tired and they weren't accepting her phone calls anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't putting money on her books and things okay. like that. And, and young women were, young girls were getting up there saying, if I had known, I would have took, I, I wish I could have just took the block off my phone, you know, things yeah. like that. And that's in their 19 year old brain. That's right. their guilt right. that they were trying to, you know, that they were, that they were yeah. holding at the time. And so um, that just was weird to watch this mom who, like, I couldn't imagine losing one of my babies. Right. And I don't know how I would. Today I probably would re- respond differently, but back then, right. the way I would have responded, ain't no way anyone would have been able to contain me. Right. But it's different, you know, because I've grown up in the church and we've gone to what they call home goings, right? right? And when, you know, when your grandmother, you know, is 80 years old, you know, who has lived a good, a good life, life right. served the Lord, lived a good life, and, and you, died peacefully right. in a hotel or at uh, not a hotel, Lord. In a hospital. At a yeah. hospital. Could have been a hotel. <laughs> a hospital or at home. That's one thing. You rejoice and, you know, people be praising the Lord. Right. I can't understand that at a 19-year-old's funeral who, who killed herself. herself. Exactly. That Lord. I don't get. That was it. Yeah. And, 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 um... Like like I said back then, my my faith and my walk was totally different. Well, I mine was, I was, was about the same, and I, I still would have felt weird you know about I mean? that. And I did. I, I I felt so weird about that Especially whole the context. The babies, the the siblings, not emotion, not an emotion. I mean, not a happy, not a sad, not a just blank. Yeah. Damn. Sat there, sat they there on that blank. front row, just blank. Goodness. Did not you know a tear? tear. Um, I didn't know her like that, but I knew of her. Because she was um, older. I heard about, yeah, I'm more close to the ones that, my, that are my age. Uh, the okay. other one. What's, Sierra. Yeah, and um, the son. What's his name? Julian. Yeah, Julius. Julian. Yeah. Julius. Julius. Yes. Julius. So Julius. Juice. Yep, that's it, Julius. So, yes. yep, those are the two that I'm uh, most familiar with, but I do remember that that um, incident happening. Um, so it was over my head because I didn't know her. They were way older at the time okay. but um yeah just that it just hearing my mom talk about that it's just like red flags there yeah. and even though it's it, it's totally separate it's just somewhere 
but it is disconnect. Right. I'm about to say, but it's not though. It's it's still connected because there's right. a total disconnect. And who knows if the aftermath from that was Erica? Who knows? Right. I, 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 you know what, what I'm saying? Because I with can't while she understand. Was there. Why right. did Erica deserve to be abused and all of that? Like what right. she probably just took all her anger out on her. Right. I, I I don't right. I don't understand. And, and then made the other two help do what they what she made them do. So the other portion of this story is the fact that the mother made her other kids help her dispose of the body. Yeah. But, but they also really had to know and participate in the abuse that was happening in the home. Absolutely. Like, it ain't like this baby Absolutely. was, you know, like these other kids weren't present when that was happening right. to that girl. And right. who knows the torment that her baby was experiencing right. up in that jail. Right. And the way this story came out was one of the kids revealed it in a therapy session. She couldn't right. hold it no longer. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like when you put all of that together, you know, like, I don't know what them other kids' lives look like right now. But I hope they're getting some therapy. I hope that somebody is helping them understand that they were victims too. Mm -hmm. Because at at that age and developmental stage of their life, they couldn't be responsible for what they were experiencing in their home. You know what I'm saying? Because the reports say that the mom told them, you need to help with this. And if you tell anybody, I'm going to do the same thing to you. Yeah. Now, who much. would believe it? That's right. what. That's what. I would believe, the it. Violence I would believe is. it happened, and they it, were abused too. They just were more. Um, they, it was just more. It was just less. Okay. They it was were, more I severe. I believe they were abused right. as well. They yeah. were normal kids, but they weren't. They weren't right. the typical kid. Like they were pretty quiet too. And mm-hmm. like my mom said, even on a regular basis, to me, from what I saw, they were emotionless or just blah you know just kind of blank that's just how they were for a long time so what did you think about when you heard about erica being murdered and then the kids have been made to participate and had held the secret all that time i didn't know i really did not know how to act i didn't know what to do because like i said these are people if i saw them at walmart they spoke we smiled she has a beautiful daughter like you know i just i don't know I did see them again afterwards. Mm-hmm. I didn't speak. I just, okay. I, 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 I turned my head. I, I walked the other way mm-hmm. real fast. My armpits start stinging on the inside. When I get nervous, my yeah. armpits sting on oh, the I know inside. That feeling. Yeah. And, um, like when you get real scared, that, yeah. that quick terror. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's how I feel because I just, I, I can't get it out of my head that y'all were there when this went down, you know, yeah. and it's just like, even though y'all were probably more than likely being abused as well, it, it's still just something I can't get with. I just... And it's interesting because I've heard two responses from friends. One is once I heard about that, yeah, I was friends with Kiki. Yeah, I was friends with Cece. Once I heard about what they did and all that kind of stuff, I just stopped messing with them. That's one response but the other response is oh i don't really want to talk about this because i'm still close with mm-hmm. kiki so i don't want to talk and about I see them on social media and stuff it looks like they're doing pretty good in their lives i don't know where they live or reside at but she looks like she's doing good and in a relationship and stuff but yeah. i but, just pray for them yeah. yeah and and the ones to be honest Lalita, i think the latter is the more healthy response um just because um it might imply a little bit of some sort of um, acceptance and forgiveness. Wait, you the, know? the latter, the latter saying, mean, I want to talk about, no, leave it the alone. I'm still friends. I'm still friends with Kiki and Cece. You think that's healthy? I think that Earth? there is a level of, of healthiness that might be, um, that might come from that. Meaning that. I don't see they, that, Jackie. Well, they might have just made their <laughs> own, um, you know, did their own reconciliations, you know, and understanding. Now, remember, these were kids, too. So they were being victimized as well. Right. Right. So no, I'm not saying people not being friends with her. I'm right. not saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying not wanting to talk about it because right. they're friends with her, because I don't think people should not be friends. Right. With so them. but I'm saying, but if people feel like um, they have made. Um, their own peace with I don't it. Think, I don't and think they have. Like, I know. Like, trust and believe. No, I understand no, no. I what you're saying, but I'm just saying. I don't think people have made peace. Oh, okay. Well. I don't because everybody that I talk to, the underlevel 
foundation is guilt. Right. I have not talked to anybody that says, you know what, I'm feeling good about this. Not like that, but I feel like, you know, oh, it's, it's happened. I'm good. No, I, don't, okay. I think people don't want to touch it. People they, don't. They, they don't, don't want to deal with it. Because they still got to wrestle. They still wrestle with their own guilt and stuff yes. like that. Yes. I get that. That's yeah, what, I think yeah. that's really that's, what it that's is. That's it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, because I was yeah, honored so when you it, asked me to if, come if speak. there's a place mm-hmm. if there's a place where um you know like where we as a community can um allow people to talk in yeah, safety it, yeah. about this and to um to just be really real about it, we probably could save a whole bunch of more kids. Yes, because it's still happening. You know, it's yes. all, it's happening in a it's it's just happening in a different in different ways. That's right. You know what I'm saying? And um, there's a lot of kids that are living in homes where they are afraid to be, where they are forced to do things. Right. Um. You know, we know sex trafficking and all that other stuff is. Sexual you know, we know abuse. incest and yes. sexual abuse. It's just it's 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 relevant and it's happening in our community and and and. And we all know somebody that we don't know is being right. abused right now. You right. know what I'm saying? So look um, at the nicest parent right yep, now. You know, so yeah, you know, like but but the other part of it is I don't want us to be a walk a community walking around holding judgments against everybody. Oh, she too this. It's gotta be something going on wrong, you know. Yeah. Oh, she too that, it's gotta be something going no, on. No, no, it's not you know that. Like that. No, no, it's not that. Mm-mm. I think there's I don't think we're at a short of people doing that. Right. That is there's not an epi- the epidemic is people being tuned into their spirits right. and then moving by the things they feel and see. Jackie, if you could say something to Erica today, what would you say? Wait, am I saying this to her if she, as if she was, if I'm going back to say it to her when she was alive or am I saying it to her now that she's gone both. and say, everything is here? Okay. Um, Today, if I could say something to her and she's gone, I would say, sweetie, your life wasn't in vain. Um, I'm sorry that you paid the price, but um, because of you, I was made better, right? I was able to see a different, through a different lens. And if I go back to say something to her when she was there, because then I would believe my baby. And at that point, I would jump into action. And yeah. I would let like I I've said that yeah. the, that's my I just tell babies I don't I don't go through a whole lot of drawn out about what's gonna happen and how I'm gonna do whatever I'm gonna do for him or whatever whatever my whatever the situation is with that baby now I just let them know I got you I love it thank you I got you thank you know you. so thanks for having me um I do have to go I have another commitment but I think that this was a very important conversation to have and that I hope that um like I said that it'll pro- propel others to to have their own conversations so that more healing can take place re- re- around this baby and more just you know give do her honor you know yeah. what I'm saying don't like she lived and she was a baby do her honor and pay homage to her by at least having the conversations the honest conversations about her life thank you so much Jackie you're welcome baby being here I know y'all didn't think we were finished. Join us next Sunday for part two with Geneva Hunt and an unfiltered beyond the conversation. In the meantime, visit Lalada.org, that's L-I-L-A-D-A dot O-R-G, and subscribe to our mailing list to stay up to date with our upcoming projects. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss one single fearless conversation. Thank you for listening.